Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. It's time for the Blue White Breakdown podcast. I'm Bob Flounders. Joined by Dave Jones. It's We're almost now in the late stages of January, so I'm starting to feel better about that. But Dave, I know you're going to have at it with me because I'm pretty down uh, as a lifelong Cowboys fan. It's you just, want you want McCarthy gone, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Gone? Absolutely. Yeah. He's a buffoon. Well, he's not going to be gone. Did you hear Jerry yeah. Jones's uh, son today? Say, yeah, I just wonder, this is, I, this is what I always think about that. Steven is, yeah, he's, he's Jerry's front man. I know he looks out for his dad. He's not getting any younger, but if you're Jerry Jones and you're worth all this money and you're the sand is running out of the hourglass, it doesn't matter what Steven Jones thinks. If you want him gone, he's gone, but you're right. He's going to, he's going to come back for another year. So that's, that's great, Dave. That's just great. That is absolute, right? I mean, if he says it, that's Jerry. Yeah, Clark, it's, it's, right? it's close to a lock. But as we've learned on our show, things can change in a hurry. I think he's he's definitely coming back. But to me, it's just amazing. I was talking to another Cowboys fan that, you know, Dan Carroll. And this guy has has won one Super Bowl. And he had Aaron Rodgers for, like, how many years? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's disturbing. Like it's he's, not like anyone wanted him. When the Cowboys got him, right? Was was, no, was Mike McCarthy in demand anywhere? He was not. I don't think he was on anyone's radar. Yeah. It's a, a the paradox of Jerry is that he seems to be a real meddling owner. He he's doesn't still pull the trigger on on, on right, right. Very he's almost he's almost like Mike Brown in Cincinnati, who who let that circus go on for fifteen years. Um Dave, Martin Lewis. Before we get into the Cowboys, let's just let's tie the NFL in. Just some Penn State guys still alive in the postseason, including a guy that I never thought would make it in the NFL. Robbie Gould was deadly against Dallas from deep downtown. I think he had three. He hit three bombs. They were all and I, as the, as he was lining up to kick them all. I said, watch this. It won't just be a little to the middle or a little to the left. It's going to go right down the middle at every time. How about Robbie Gold? You remember when we were talking to his dad in an airport? Where like the hell 03, were we? 02, 01. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got to be 40, right? Is he 40? Oh, yeah. What is it? 04, that miserable 04 season, he was having all sorts of trouble. Yeah, he, was. he had trouble in the 6-4 game, remember? And with Iowa and 04. I mean, no one could have predicted this, but his dad, we were talking to his dad in the airport. Yeah, he was blaming it on like the holder and the snap. No, he was saying Robbie's going to stick with it. He's going to he's he's going to have focus and he's going to figure out what he's doing wrong and he's going to. It reminded me of Pete Lasicki. Pete Lasicki could always 
analyze his right. shot and figure out what was going wrong. And damned if he, boy, yeah. he figured it out. What a career. I mean, I know the NFL does not, the, the football hall of fame does not right. welcome place kickers. Yeah. But, especially longevity doesn't necessarily count as much. No, no, yeah. but, but he'll be on the ballot. Won't he? When he quits. Well, Robbie, so Robbie Gould, Donovan Smith of the Bucks. How about Nick Scott of the Rams making, having a nice little career after leaving Penn state converted running back. Took one look at Saquon Barkley when he got there and he said, hey, uh, I might want to move to another position. And it worked. Special teams stand out. He's playing for the Rams. Adrian Amos with the Packers. Another guy that you know, Ryan Bates, is playing a very key role for the Bills. Ryan Bates, Ryan Bates is looking great, isn't he? He's, he left school early. Wasn't I don't think he was drafted or if he was drafted, it was like in the seventh round. I was like, man, he should have. He should have came back, but maybe he didn't. He knew that he couldn't get much better with the coaching at that state level. Well, that brings up this. I mean, Donovan Smith, Ryan Bates, you know, we, of course, we remember them, but yeah. we don't remember them excelling at this level Correct. at Penn State. Yeah. And when's the last time we've talked about this over and over and over that Penn State had a really good offensive line that, that was like a Wisconsin level guy? It's not like these guys haven't popped up. In the NFL, they have. There's there's others we haven't. Chris Ornberger, Rich Ornberger. Yeah. There's other guys we haven't mentioned. They were never quite this good at Penn State, and then they develop. I I can't explain that. Can you? I really can't. I, obviously, it's a it's a different level of coaching. What I would say about guys like Bates and Smith is, I even when they were at Penn State and they were inconsistent or for whatever reason, I always thought they were athletic. I thought Ryan Bates was a pretty athletic kid. He could play guard or center or tackle. He was versatile. Donovan Smith was a big athlete. I never really thought he was in super great shape at Penn State, but he was a second round pick of the Bucks. And then, you know, segue segue into strength and conditioning. Yeah. And uh, he got, he just got, he got a massive contract, I think two years ago. So, I mean, I just, I just think that it's it's great that they stuck with it and they're they're getting rewarded for you know the time put in. But yeah, Robbie Gould, man, Robbie Gould. Dwight Galt has retired as the strength and conditioning coach. Right. Chuck Losey, his longtime uh, right hand man, uh, it goes great all mustache. the way back to great mustache. Yeah, he kind of looks like Ben Davidson, doesn't? Yeah, a little bit between Raleigh and Ben Davidson. He was a defensive end at Vanderbilt, as a matter of fact, and he's uh, he's been been with with uh, James Franklin and Dwight since uh, yeah. Vanderbilt. Uh, so that was an expected hire to you. I think that knowing Dwight and J- knowing James, they probably knew about this for a while, and they they were sure that they had the right guy in place, and they were happy with you know. I mean, I'm sure he did a lot of work for Dwight the last couple of years. So I, I'm curious to see Dave how how this team comes out of uh, winter conditioning. Um, and I'm also curious to see, I, I know there's probably going to be a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people will be saying the party line, but I, I just, I'm just anxious to see the physicality at the line of right. scrimmage this year. Right, right. Because that's what's always been missing. Now, Dwight Galt's got, gotten a lot of credit for agility, speed, and strength of people like Saquon Barkley in the camp. And I mean, in, in the uh, yep. NFL pro days and, in Indianapolis also, but what has always been missing to me is a brutish uh, power-based offensive line that you can depend on. Yeah. Uh, even the, the pass blocking hasn't been that bad most years, 
but but you've never it's been years now since yeah. I guess you could consider 19 they had a pretty good running game yeah. but but never never the sort of running game where you could say okay we're going to hand we we've got a, a four point lead yeah. with 4 minutes to go we're going to drain this clock and you know what's going to happen um i guess the last time i can yeah. remember that was noah kane another segue look at you uh-huh. today you're on you're on top of it man <laughs> I will say this about Dwight Galt, and obviously very well respected. Uh, I know James obviously thought, thought very highly of him, but you know, at the combine, it was like the running backs and like Mike Gesicki, who were. It's like the Olympics, Dave. You didn't, you didn't see, you didn't really see. Did you see a lot of great stuff from the, the defensive tackle group and the offensive line group at that state at the combine? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's not really it's not really football, is it? Like Mike Kosicki, as great as he was at Penn State, he was a one-dimensional player. And yeah, I think- he didn't he knew he didn't have to be to get to the next level and excel because you don't you have so many situational players in the NFL. Yeah. And he knew he wasn't gonna have to block and he didn't. It, you look at a guy and you look at a guy like George Kittle, who is, you know, comes from a different kind of strength training program at Iowa, which I think doesn't get the credit it deserves, but he is just a, he's just a man eater at the line of scrimmage. Not only is he a receiver, but man, is he's a tremendous blocker, a tremendous blocker, a big part of what the 49ers do. He only, I think, had two catches against Dallas, but I think he's more valuable to them at this point as a guy that it's a, he's a moving force in the running game. And they've kind of featured Debo Samuel instead of him now. Most years, Consider the roster you could put together if you had half, if you got your pick of half Iowa and half Penn State. Yeah. You could put, you could put together a hell of a roster there. You, you'd have a Big Ten champion. You, you'd have a team that could challenge Ohio State. Anyway. Yeah. Iowa has showed there's times where they've, they've, given, they've given Ohio State hell. I mean, especially that one game they embarrassed them. All right. Well, Noah Kane anyway. Uh, yeah. When was that game where Noah Kane finished it off? We were on the road. I can't remember. Yeah, at, it was at Iowa. At Iowa. Boy, segues everywhere. 17 to um, 12. That's right. That's right. I always expected him to be a, a better back than he was, at least a Miles Sanders type, a Tony Hunt type. And it just never happened for him. He couldn't stay healthy. Uh, do you think there's a thing to guys who can't stay healthy or is that just chance, luck, bad luck? I think I think there is there is that is the thing, Dave. But I just wonder with that, that foot injury, it was his foot that he hurt um, at Indiana. I just wonder if he aggravated that early in the season because he didn't look right. He showed flashes, Dave. If you remember in the second half of the Wisconsin game, he looked like Noah Kane of 2019 in the second half. He ran through some tackles. He caught some passes. But as the season went on, you, you, you said it in the press box. I said it. He just wasn't running with the same assertiveness ferocity he wasn't wasn't finishing runs he wasn't able to make yards after contact and it seemed to me like it got worse and then he got tentative I hope that what whatever is is wrong with him because I think clearly he wasn't 100 percent. I don't know what it was I just hope that he can get healthy again I just thought he was really entertaining that 2019 season he could he as a true freshman he was fearless and I thought he was until Jeremy Brown got going I just thought he had a chance to be a special player at Penn State. Yeah, the, the one guy where every two-yard run became a four-yard run, yeah. three became five. Uh, he was falling forward instead of falling back. 
in spite of, you know, that was a decent line, but it wasn't certainly not a dominant offensive line. Um, It looked like they were set up in 2019 to have a hell of a running back room and it all just kind of depleted and fell apart. And it's one of the mysteries of it. You know, I think sometimes running backs get tired of running into walls. If you're Saquon Barkley, you can do a jump cut. You can do a sidestep every time you get a handoff. But some of these guys, they, they just must get tired of running into yeah. uh, absolute no, nothing. What do you do? You just ram into it. That, that's tough on you. It's yeah. hard. And I think they, they, this group didn't really have the wherewithal to deal with that. And why should you? I mean, it's on the offensive line. It really is. You just think about that group, the Ricky Slade as a true freshman backing up miles in 2018. Journey Brown, no things. Journey Brown, a three-star recruit, medically retired, and Kane and Devin Ford. And it's just, you know, Devin Ford is still on the roster, but boy, I I don't know what his role is going to be if he's still on the roster. He was the guy you were most high on at the beginning, weren't you? Yeah, you I, was, I was high on him. And yet, remember, I know they were playing, I think they were playing Idaho or Idaho State, one of those two. Idaho. I think he didn't have like an 80 yard touchdown run, but it was against, you know, it was against those guys. And people are like, oh boy, we really got yeah, well, that, that was it for him. I would, I would guess Chuck Losey uh, has a method and has a plan. He's going to be asked for a plan, that's for certain, to deal with those shortcomings. And that would, that should be. Uh, the A1 job for him. One more thing on Noah is I think he was, I think he is from Louisiana. Um, yeah, I, he's I, going back home. Yeah. But that, that's a tough spot to try and reestablish yourself because it's not like that cupboard is bare either. I mean, they got some guys on top of guys there too. So I thought it was a curious choice. If you wanted to go someplace where you thought you had a great shot to play, I don't know. I don't know if maybe that, that was, would have been my pick. Yeah, if you wanted to be in the SEC, you might have done uh, like Kentucky, something like that, but not, yeah. yeah. I just didn't know about that. It worked out for Rob Bolden, so maybe it'll work out for this. (laughs) Oh, uh, you forgot that, didn't you? I did forget that. I did did forget that. What a memory. (laughs) What a memory. I'm sure. This is the sharpest you've been in a while. I've I've started taking supplements. Yeah, you've changed your medication, haven't you? (laughs) What are you on? What are you taking? Are you on the juice? Is it Adderall? Are you taking Adderall? This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. I have also been hearing some bitching and moaning about the OT rules um, for college football, this two-point conversion thing after after the second overtime, substantially because of that ridiculous Illinois game that went on forever. But would you be averse to bringing back ties? Because I would not be. I w- I'm in favor of it. And I'll make my case, but what do you think of that? You made it so eloquently last podcast, Dave. You were pretty. Everyone knew where you where you stood uh, on ties, but um, I, I think I'm somewhere in between. I, I never, 
I, I never got upset about ties because I think if you deserve a tie, you deserve a tie. In in hockey, they've get, they've gotten they've gotten rid of ties. So after if it's one one after regulation, they play five minutes of three on three, which is not even hockey. And then if no one scores, then they go to a shootout. Could we go to? Could we go to like seven on seven? No quarter of seven on seven. Let's seven on seven. No, it's two hand touch overtime, two possessions each. Then you you go to a shootout. It'll be like Oklahoma Panhandle high school football. You know, (laughs) seven on seven all the time. I'd like to see it. I'd like to try it. It'd be better than this. I'm okay with a tie. I'm okay. Yeah, it'd be better than this. I ten minutes of seven on seven. If they're still tied, that's it. That's it. It exposes who the coaches are, but I went through all that last week. Yeah. Um, Did you have any thoughts on the on the schedule or no? They get a they get a bye before at Michigan, which I think is the the most notable yeah. thing. And they're yeah. not going to do the Thursday thing, right? I think it's probably going to be them. You I think it's going to happen? I do. I I misspoke. I said Penn State and Illinois played a Thursday night game. That was actually a Friday night game, I think, in 2018. So I don't know if Penn State has played a Thursday night game ever, have they? I can't recall one. Yeah, Yeah, that was a Friday night game. That was my bad. Not not counting bowls, which can be any night, but in the season, (laughs) in the season. But they've been doing this Thursday thing for a while. Uh, Ohio State, I think, was at Indiana one year. They played Minnesota um, this year. They Illinois, opened up on Thursday yeah, night. Illinois was, played Nebraska. Illinois beat Nebraska on Thursday. And I think Ohio State, Minnesota was Friday probably. Anyway, they want to fill up every damn night of the week. The, the at Michigan by, I think, is the most important thing. I believe that's October 15th they play at Michigan. If they're going to make any stand in this season, at Purdue is really rough on September 3rd uh, or 2nd or whatever it is, 3rd. At Auburn is not going to be easy. Right. You know, we could get into a situation if they're not a lot better real quick. And also, you know, Sean Clifford is he could be he could simply be the he could be the quarterback simply because he's experienced with this start, as you said in the last podcast, at Purdue uh week one, at Auburn week yeah. three, and then at Michigan, not too far into the season. I think that's week six. For that reason only, and I know Penn State, a lot of Penn State fans might not be all all that excited about that. But if you were a coach, you got to ask yourself, do I want a rookie quarterback or do maybe I believe in Christian Bayou? I don't know, but it would be hard to rationalize. We're going to throw Drew Allar out there unless you really, really like the guy. It's going to be like it's going to have to be like a C.J. Stroud kind of thing. You know, you saw C.J. Stroud the first game. Or against Oregon, he didn't look so good. You know, they, they almost he, he, was he a redshirt freshman or was he a? No, uh, he'd been around. He'd been around, but okay. but still, no no action. So yeah. to me, I, I consider no action to be pretty much a raw Ricky. Yeah. I don't. I don't it, it's going to be a hard call for them to go against Clifford, even though they probably would like to move on because of the schedule. That's the main thing about the schedule. They've got to hit the ground running. And yep. it's it's a weird situation. It's not a comfortable situation. Dave, here's the here's the really big question about Purdue, though. What did you like better? Do you like the do you like the gigantic uh, drum or do you like the train? more? Which is the more which do you associate more with Purdue? Because I like them both. I have a hard time picking. The big drum is just stupid. And so, you know, it's it's like it belongs in Texas. 
you know, where they think everything should be bigger. Now, everyone thought the big drum was just kind of dumb, you know, when I was growing up at Ohio State and they'd bring it in. It's like, what are they doing? Why? Why is that? The train is cool because the train is unlike any other. There is no mascot that's a train. I just always thought they ought to have a a, a sort of like a, a Thomas the Tank Engine train for kids. Yeah. It's a natural marketing thing. Are you kidding? They've never well, done that. Like a little smiley train with a yeah. with a face on it. Yeah. Produce a sleep at the wheel. That whole place, in marketing wise, or the athletic department, has always been backward. The stadium is – stadium's like an old middle-aged guy that just let itself yeah. go. ross Stadium, it's probably the least personality of any stadium we go to. Uh, even even Ryan Field is better than that. I, I, I really like what Purdue's doing with Jeff Brom, but as far as – no, it's, it's absolutely the train, not the drum. Dave, what about this from a marketing standpoint? Why didn't – instead of – well, the train, okay, I'll give you that, but a giant plastic beer glass – and you drop a shot into it on the 50-yard line because they're the Boilermakers. That's what a Boilermaker is. Yeah, I drink them. Shot in a beer. Yeah, the well, that kids can, go crazy. That can be your fantasy team's uh, mascot. Yeah, I would run out onto the field immediately <laughs> and drink it. Didn't we have enough of that in Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, you want, do you want the entire Big Ten fan base to be drunk and angry? I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, All right. Just for marketing considerations. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. The, the, right. Let's get into the NFL because I yep. have never watched nearly as much NFL as I started watching this season. And I've, man, it's a, it's an unbeatable product. Even when the games aren't all that great, you had to be shocked at Car- Cardinals at Rams at that, or, or were you at that result? And then we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. Um, get back to the Cowboys. I we'll guess get- Arizona was in free fall. <laughs> They had, I had lost something like six out of seven. They'd their only win, obviously they won at Dallas, but um, yeah, I didn't think, I thought, you know, division game, two teams that know each other well. And that offense, that Arizona offense was just pretty much hopeless until the very late stages of the game. And the Rams started fast and it was over. Kind of a bad week for dual threat quarterbacks, a bad year in general, really. They're, they're starting to get hurt. I don't know if Kyler Murray was hurt. He didn't look like he was hurt, but, totally ineffective we're we're having a year where the playoffs end up with a lot of pocket quarterbacks you've got guys the guys in buffalo the guys the guy in la the guy in cincinnati are all standard pocket quarterbacks who have great judgment can really throw and they don't they don't look to run around they're just looking to direct the team. Well, Dave, I think that if you look at Josh Allen, Josh um, Allen is an exception because once he, makes, he, gets he makes going, some he pretty really big plays with his feet. He, he yeah. he'll make three or four plays a game that are at big moments with his feet. I actually think the Bills are going to win it all. I do, mainly because of him. Or what? well, no, I th- I just think they they don't have a lot of holes. Their defense is very good. Cold weather does not phase them. They, I mean, they can play in any kind of conditions. Um, and I just think that they have a true number one receiver. They have an underrated tight end. Their defense is very sound, and they have playmakers at all all the levels. Um, they have they have a pretty solid kicking game as well. And now the running game's starting to come around a little bit. I think that as team is that that's a team they're going to play Kansas City Sunday at six. And I kind of I kind of think this could be the Bills' year. I just think that they might be the most complete team. Kansas City has a great quarterback. Not a great defense. Their top two running backs are hurt. 
I'm curious about the Titans. I'm not that wild about Ryan Tannehill. And as much as I think Green Bay will be tough, uh, and I do think that they're coming out of the NFC, I, I just think that when you think about Green Bay, they have a lot of weapons, but boy, I think the Bills have. I think the Bills might be have have a little bit more balance. I think the Bills are going to be tough. And I know you're not really an AFC fan. You never have been because you're a you're a Cowboys guy. But mm-hmm. was it all satisfying to see the Patriots just get their doors blown off? Wow! Because wow. for a lot of AFC fans, it really was. I mean, they got drilled. I saw a really funny sign in the crowd. It was just a fleeting. It was down the corner. I don't know if anyone noticed it. But it said it was an equation. It was like marked on a blackboard. And it was like Belichick minus Brady equals average, (laughs) (laughs) which probably isn't fair. But they looked really average against that team. Yeah. With Josh Allen on the other side. Quarterbacks mean everything, dude. They mean everything. And you're not giving the Titans. The Titans are one seed, a really tough team. But with Tannehill, you're not really giving them a shot, are you? I am giving him a shot. I, I think Vrabel is a great coach. They're very physical on both sides, uh, offensive and defensive. I mean to win the whole thing. I mean to win the uh, whole thing. I just, I just don't know if they have enough at the quarterback position. Tannehill yeah. is above average. I'll give him that. But I, I think that I think that when you're talking about Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, uh, and and Josh Allen, those are four elite elite players. And I don't think that Tannehill or even Stafford. Uh, or obviously Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't I – th- Joe Burrow, I think I got to see a little bit more from him. That's going to be a tough game for them. I you weren't impressed with Stafford? He he was good. He was good against the Cardinals, but he was very erratic the last month of the season. All right. That one, a couple of throws he made, though, man. Yeah. Well, man. I mean, he's got a, he's got a cannon. <laughs> but he, he had been throwing a lot of bad passes lately. So that's going to be – that's the, to me – the Bills, the Bills and the Chiefs, and the uh, the Bucks and the Rams, boy, those are two heavyweight fights. And you would say the same thing about the about the 49ers as you would about the Titans because they're a really yeah. tough physical team, but the quarterback is kind of eh. And Garoppolo made a lot of mistakes in that game in Dallas. I mean, they pretty much won in spite of. Him. Yeah, Shanahan's trying to manage him as best as he can, and they they are they are really uh, a tough team to get off the field on because of their offense, because they're almost always in third and one or third and two. So the way that he's schemed the offense up, Dave is they're not really asking Jimmy to do too much. And, but what, because what he has to do too much, he's going to turn it over. Okay. I'm Michelle Tafoya <laughs> and you're you. And I'm going to ask when, when, when Dak Prescott took off with 14 <laughs> seconds to go on a draw up the middle, how did, how did it feel, Bob? How did you feel? <laughs> Uh, I felt a little helpless, I guess would be the answer to that question. That's the problem with super genius OCs. Kellen Moore is just another one of them. You can't do it in 14 seconds. Can you? Something's going to go wrong. What are you thinking? I mean, it's a good thought, but you need 16 or 18 seconds to do that. Right. You can't do it with 14. Dave, they missed that game up from the start. They win the toss and they defer. I know. They were stepping under, you you know what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Get the ball and score. Yeah. Uh, You know, they were horrible at home this year, Dave. They beat up on the NFC East. They lost four games at home. They lost to Denver, the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. So they, you know, if you look at their, if you look at the point differential, it's, it's really good for Dallas, but they just, they just drubbed everyone in the NFC East by, you know, 
big, big margins to get that to get that statistic going. But in just about every other game, a lot of those games, they were life or death in all of them. I think those fans just smother that team, don't they? They care so much. Is there another fan base? Even the Packers, even the Packers, and there's Packers fans all over the country, even the Eagles, even the Steelers are not so obsessive as Cowboys fans. That's a good question. I I think that a lot of fan groups would probably argue with you, but I I mean, just growing up in Pennsylvania, I mean, the Steelers and the Eagles fans get pretty wound up about their (laughs) teams. So I I think the Steelers fans are more supportive. I think the Steelers fans are more supportive. I think Cowboys fans are a bad mix of Eagles looking for the sky to fall and just overly obsessive and crazy, you know, like, yeah. I, I can't think of a fan base that, that that's nutty because they are in Texas, man. I mean, did you see the people that, that couldn't look? I mean, that has an effect at home, I think, in home games because any screw up, any yeah. screw up at all is exacerbated. Did you see all the unforced errors? I mean, there yeah. were how many false starts did that offensive line it was, have? It was just 14 penalties. What's the big deal? <laughs> they had the most penalties in the NFL. Anyway, I, I think in this strange way that the Rams – I know the Rams are going to have to go on the road. Where are they? They're at Tampa, and if they win that, they're probably a green bet, right? Tampa's, Tampa's vulnerable. They're beat up. They're yes, really they're vulnerable. And, and I think those the Rams fans are like, hey, whatever. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're cheering. We love yep. you. That got, wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the Rams might win yeah. that game. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they could probably win in Green Bay, but who knows? I don't know. What do you want me to say, Dave? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? But but I love the fact that Rams fans just don't care all that much. They're they're happy. There's other things to do. I think that's an advantage this time of year. Remember when Ray Malavesi got the Rams into the uh there's a 1979 Super Bowl against the the Steelers. Right, they beat they beat Dallas and Roger Staubach's last game at Texas Stadium. Is that the year? Yeah, you're do you remember about? that? Hey, do you want to go outside right now? Right now? Do you want to go outside? Twenty-one nineteen. Yeah, that might be a good place. Give me a question. Roger, might... Staubach, Roger Staubach's last completed pass of his career was to Herbert Scott. He threw it to an offensive lineman. That was it. Is that true? It is I, true. It might be a good place to end it. And because, Not that I think much about that game. And because Kaiser needs to play, let's, All right. let's, let's end this with a little okay. ball. A little ball. Come on. You want to play ball? Come on. Who's a good boy? Who is a good boy? (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) All right. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? All right, right. Kaiser. I got him going. I got to go. See you next time. All right. We'll see you. Take care. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Live.